Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Canadian RegTech Association's podcast. This episode is part of the Founders Series, where we will invite the founders of some of the most innovative, high-growth companies operating in the RegTech space and hear about their vision and some of the opportunities and challenges they faced on their journey to grow their business. My name is Myra Milliadere, and I'll be your host today. By way of background, I'm a corporate lawyer at Miller Thompson and have significant experience supporting companies operating in the technology sector. I advise on domestic and international mergers and acquisitions, corporate finance, private equity, venture capital, and complex technology transactions. For those of you who don't know, the Canadian RegTech Association is a not-for-profit organization focused on solving regulatory challenges through collaborative efforts between key RegTech stakeholders. These include regulated entities, technology vendors, and regulatory bodies. So joining me today is D.H. Kim. D.H. Kim is the CEO of Finhaven. D.H. Kim founded Finhaven based on a core central belief that the smart application of technology will be used to eliminate friction from buying, selling, and handling securities in both the public and private markets. Believes that automating the exchange of documents and certificates that slows down the current system will be able to benefit and create this frictionless system. He's advocated innovation in capital markets at international economic conferences and summits around the world. Prior to Finhaven, DH spent time with Merrill Lynch and served as executive vice president of Dongwon Resource Group and CEO of NMC Resource Corporation. He is a member of the BC Securities Commission FinTech Advisory Forum and has lectured at Columbia University, New York and Korea University. And uh, he obtained his master's degree in international finance and business from Columbia University. Now we'll hear a bit from DH, but I'll give you a bit of a brief overview of who Finhaven is. So Finhaven is a financial services and technology company with a capital markets technology platform built on distributed ledger technology or DLT. It utilizes digital securities to be able to make this work. Finhaven is a marketplace built on the Finhaven investment platform to connect private companies with accredited investors, providing private companies with access to new capital and investors and access to new opportunities. So uh, welcome, DH. Thanks, thanks again for joining us. And uh, I think it would be great if we could start out, if you could briefly tell me a bit about Finhaven. I know I, I gave a bit of a brief introduction, but give us a bit more information so the listeners are aware about some of the products and services you offer. Well, thank you. And, you know, the Finhaven, uh, we started, uh, you know, late 2017. And, um, you know, we are focused on building capital market infrastructure. Uh, leverage blockchain technology. Uh, with the blockchain technology, many companies that you know think of uh, you know cryptocurrency, uh, it's not wrong. However, that's really about uh, product approach because cryptocurrencies, uh, buying and selling cryptocurrencies, is really about the uh, you know the product uh, based on blockchain. Now, with you know our approach uh, you know towards blockchain is infrastructure so this uh, blockchain technology can innovate capital markets uh, by creating new kind of infrastructure uh, based on blockchain that was has been our idea 
and we built uh, you know, capital market infrastructure on blockchain uh, for private capital markets first. Uh, based on that, uh, our subsidiary Finhaven Capital and, you know, got the, all the regulatory authorizations as an exempt market dealer and marketplace and clearing agency uh, you know, exempt relief. And with that, uh, you know, we provide uh, services for uh, you know, underwriting, uh, primary distribution, secondary trading, and uh, real-time settlement and, and for Canadian uh, you know, private capital markets. Oh, interesting. No, and I think there's definitely a need for, for innovation in this space. So it's, it's great to be hearing about that today. Um, and I, I think really we've heard about what, the, what Finhaven does and their, their services they offer. Um, but I, I always like to figure out what really got us here today. So DH, would you mind giving me a bit of an overview of what inspired you to start Finhaven? Um, really, what issue were you trying to address and how did you see Finhaven addressing this issue? Well, the whatever business we do, I think we try to address the pain points of um, of potential clients. Uh, you know, I was uh, playing different roles uh, in capital markets for the last uh, twenty five years. Uh, I was an issuer uh, as an executive of public companies, and I was an investor in multiple companies and deals. Um, and I was also, uh, you know, policy advisor. You know, I, I picked up the view of regulators. Uh, and and I, as an investment banker, also I got involved with the multiple uh, inefficient situations, particularly for cross-border transactions. Having experienced all these different kind of roles, I realized, uh, you know, the well. I first of all, I was frustrated with these some inefficient situations, and you know, just sometimes it, it, it was I had to scratch my head, you know, why we had to waste so much time uh, with this inefficiency when we our technology is very well developed. But at the same time, I also understand that the um, you know with the technology. Uh, although we save time and money uh, in capital market transactions, we also have a pretty complicated system. So that's one angle. But the other angle that kind of came into play was uh, blockchain uh, you know, technology uh, development and a big trend for it. So I was investing in some blockchain uh, related companies uh, back in uh, 2016, 2017, and uh, I realized that this blockchain technology could be used to address those pain points or the inefficiencies camper markets that I experienced in the past. So that is really the motive that I had uh, to address these pain points that I had as an issuer, as an investor, um, you know, particularly you know the key uh, you know the, the the market participants in uh, in, in capital markets. Um, and, and so that, that is a key thing. But then uh, we have a much bigger uh, vision uh, when we address those issues uh, with the blockchain technology. And I'll talk about it a bit later, what that vision will be. Oh, that's great. No, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. I know, uh, I know uh, blockchain and DLT has, it has many different applications, and I think some are more useful and, and valuable than others you know it's uh, it, it's one of those things where you're not really uh just looking to use the technology because it's a, a buzzword and, and and sees value externally it's it's good you found an application where it truly does show value to the industry which is which is great too so um right 
And, and, and you know, if I add one more there, uh, you know, with the blockchain technology, I think the challenge that we have gone through with the blockchain is that how can we have a enterprise solution, uh, you know, for with the, when you know, leverage blockchain technology, and you know, the our my idea back in 2008, you know, 17, 18. Uh, at the end of the day, when we try to have a strong business case uh, with a blockchain technology, it is a DLT, it's a distributed ledger. And probably the easiest to use of ledger is really the, the numbers that we deal with on the ledger and, uh, uh, and, and capital markets. We use ledger uh, in, in every step uh, we do our business here. And, and therefore, I thought the DLT is the best uh, application uh, for capital markets primarily uh, before, uh, you know, advancing to other applications in other industries. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes sense too as well. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen a few good use cases for this technology in, in securitization and, um, and logistics and, and other areas too as well. So uh, I think there are some very strong and unique benefits of the technology too as well. And if the use case makes sense, um, it, such as immutability, but if the use case makes sense, then uh, then, then uh, it's a great fit for those. Um, and I, so moving on to uh, next question here is, is really, when you were starting the company, we've heard about what inspired you to do so. And, and, and uh, it sounds like experience in, in, in a prior life and, and uh, knowledge of this technology, but when you were getting the company off the ground, what challenges, barriers did you face when starting the business and how did you overcome these? Well, I, you know, I think the first challenge was the crypto bubble was definitely a challenge. Why was it a challenge? Because there was a misperception of what we were trying to do. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, connecting and particularly the crypto world you know, back then, nowadays it's slightly, it's very different. But then, you know, back then in the crypto world, you couldn't really find many people who understand, uh, you know, traditional capital markets. And on the other hand, you know, traditional capital markets didn't really understand the crypto world. And so, you know, building that bridge and, and you know, making use of blockchain technology for capital markets uh, at the initial stage, that was probably the, the biggest challenge. Um, and, um, you know, secondly, uh, communicating that to the development team and, and, and so basically our internal members and at the same time our external uh, clients uh, moving forward with this idea, uh, you know, while developing this uh, platform uh, in general, it's, uh, it's a lot more work because you have to educate uh, the uh, people, you know, during the process. So it's not, you know, if, if, if people are ready well aware, or if this is a very simple product, it's a lot easier to advance. But then, you know, it, as you understand, uh, you know, capital market system is not uh, as easy or as simple as we want. And therefore, uh, you know, we had to make a lot more efforts, uh, you know, on that end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. When you have such a, uh, uh, a new and novel technology that in some ways blockchain 
um, came out of the gates a bit quicker than other technologies. It was, it was, it was here and, um, and I'm talking a few years ago, I think it's a bit more uh, prevalent these days than it was uh, when you obviously first started. Um, you really have to educate people about what the technology is so they can understand it um, on top of showing the value proposition of the business itself. So it's almost like a dual layer of, of, of education to, to your client base uh, from there and, and with new technology, um, it's, it's probably a bit of a, an education too as, as explaining the difference between crypto and, and blockchain itself. Yeah, that's right. Um, in in the uh, and I think in many ways, um, you know, I, I mentioned the product approach and infrastructure approach, and uh, that part uh, the people, people get confused, right? And 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 you know, including myself. And some we have to uh, we have to clarify our thoughts and strategy. Uh, you know, in, in very clearly when market is moving very fast and technology is, uh, is advancing very fast. So for sure, that's, um, uh, that, that was one challenge. And second challenge is that the, uh, the you know, the, uh, everybody was looking into uh, mainly permissionless blockchain. So then, you know, can we use this permissionless system uh, for capital markets. That was another, uh, I wouldn't say challenge, but there was another kind of exercise we had to go through uh, creating a network that makes sense uh, for capital markets. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's navigating internally what how the technology works and whether you're using permission, permissionless, and there's a, a few other criteria and, and applications uh, or, or uh, iterations of the technology that can be applied too. So working through that internally, that's a, that's a great point too as well. Um, and it sounds like you had a lot of moving parts going at the same time. Yes, we did. Uh, I think the, you know, the only way of uh, kind of getting all those moving parts together is to make sure, uh, you know, you have a very kind of, you know, we, we have a very authentic vision uh, that we wanted to achieve, and that it was really integrating global capital markets. And it, it's, it sounds very ambitious. And I heard from many people that the, uh, our vision is very, uh, it sounds very ambitious. Uh, but, you know, we, we, I, I just wanted to make sure that the older stakeholders around Finhaven uh, understand that this is not really ambitious vision, rather this is a, something that we can touch and smell and feel and making sure everybody can, uh, you know, smell the vision and touch the vision and understand that that vision is as authentic as possible was a very uh, important uh, work to you know, the work for me because there was a, so many moving parts as you mentioned and we had to put them all together and without sharing that authentic vision or at least, um, you know, without, you know without making efforts that everybody feel the vision together, uh, it's just impossible to make every uh, moving part put together. So DH, thanks for, thanks for telling us a bit about how your, your business uh, uh, started and some of the, the barriers and challenges you faced uh, at least starting out. I know for a lot of 
uh, high growth companies, one of the big things that they and challenges they face is financing the business, ensuring that they have enough cash flow to cover the operational costs, usually during a, uh, uh, the, the early stages where there's quite a high burn rate as well and, and other operational costs. So it would be great to hear how uh, Finhaven financed its business during those initial changes and how those sources of funding changed over the years. Well, you know, Finhaven is uh, one of those uh, typical uh, startup who cannot have revenue for the coming, you know, for the first uh, few years. Uh, you know, if you're in a, you know, some runners, uh, if you have, have a startup, uh, they can provide a simple service or product uh, to the markets and, you know, you can have a small revenue from the beginning. That is probably the, that is a better situation, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, Finhaven's business is just, uh, you know, is not in that category. So, you know, I, I had to finance the company at the beginning uh, with my own capital. And then I invited uh, some of the uh, institutional and corporate investors uh, in my circle uh, to this business. But one rule that I had was that I didn't want to have many investors. You know, having too many investors in, in, in your company at the early stage, I think it's just uh, creates unnecessary work, uh, I wouldn't say unnecessary, but it's just too much work out of your core business uh, because you have to be really focused to move on with your business. So uh, one rule that I had was uh, I just wanted to uh, invite uh, those relatively bigger investors in my circle. And second, I wanted to make sure those investors are uh, not just uh, you know, looking into uh, you know, making profits uh, out of this Finhaven business. Well, that's a fundamental bottom line, but more importantly, uh, I wanted to uh, you know, have investors who really share the vision of Finhaven. And for sure, uh, you know, the key investors that we have at Finhaven, they all share the vision of Finhaven. And because they share the vision with us, uh, you know, continually we uh, discuss our strategies, continually we just you know, do the brainstorming together, uh, you know, you know, making connections together, uh, so for sure, uh, I have had a great experience with our uh, initial investors in Finhaven, uh, you know, for the last several years. Very interesting. No, that's that's very helpful too, and it's it's interesting that you uh, you spoke to some of the uh, the uh, the concerns from a, a dilutive aspect of the cap table there by ensuring that you uh, you you limited the early stage investors uh, intentionally, and then also looked for investors who believed in the vision too. And I think there's a lot of value in that because if you, uh, if you enter into any uh, or have any issues in, in the business and you, you need to go to those investors to, to renegotiate terms or, or look for further funding, um, it's critical to have a good relationship and have, have a uh, investor base who, who believes to some extent in the vision. Right. And, and if I add one more there, in fact, uh, I believe it is important for a, um, for a founder to, uh, you know, anti-dilution is important, but at the same time, uh, you know, delivering uh, the result to the stakeholders, not just investors, is more important than anything else. Uh, if one doesn't deliver the results to the stakeholders, you know, that person got to take the responsibility, of course. So then uh, the responsibility is up 
is 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 taken uh, by way of getting diluted, I think you know one shouldn't be disappointed in that because that's uh, that's the fairness in business, right? So uh, we talk about anti-dilution, but I think um, you know uh, the best way of uh, you know uh, going against anti you know the dilution is really uh, being accountable and deliver the results uh, the, to the stakeholders, not just to the investors, but basically, uh, you know, all the stakeholders around the company. Mm -hmm. No, it makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, so we'll shift gears now. I want to hear a bit about um, the company's uh, customer acquisition strategy. So um, really, it would be good to hear about some of the challenges you faced in, in securing customer one and uh, how that's changed since, uh, since that first uh, client of yours came on board and uh, uh, now you're looking at, uh, at further clients? Uh, customer acquisition is always painful. <laughs> it's, uh, you cannot deny that. Uh, that is, uh, but my, and it also it takes time. Uh, but my focus is not really on customer acquisition, it's more on I, I focus on the value that we deliver to the customers. Okay? So, the, and what kind of experience or how can we create better experience to the, to the customers? So it, it, my customer acquisition strategy is really, uh, you know, where do I put my focus on? Uh, you know, first, my focus is really, I wanna make sure whether we really deliver a great value to uh, our customers. So I, I think about that value proposition, our value proposition almost every day. Uh, do we make sense? Are we relevant? Are we radically relevant to our customers? So that relevance check is something that I do daily. So that is my first customer you know, acquisition strategy. Uh, second, I rely on you know, our uh, you know, strong team in, you know, in our case, uh, our investment banking team and our corporate communications team and our compliance team. So all three teams targeting for the same goal, uh, you know, of uh, providing that, uh, you know, best service to our customers. And of course, we're in early stages. So we see, um, you know, some hiccups here and there and try to address them as soon as possible so that, you know, we don't, you know, we, we may not disappoint uh, our, uh, you know, customers and or, or, you know, customers to come. So, uh, you know, that's it, you know, first relevant value proposition and checking on them every day. And uh, second, uh, make sure we deliver good experience and possibly best experience to our customers and checking on them every day, reflecting on them and change whatever uh, that uh, we can, you know, that we can do better. Right, no, that's great, DH. So I'm going to leave us with, uh, I know we're running out of time here, so I want to leave us uh, with probably my, uh, one of my favorite questions uh, of these sessions. And it's, it's really, uh, it really relates to the industry in which you operate. So uh, what do you see, DH, as one of the biggest challenges that your industry faces right now and in the next few years? Well, I think our industry, and if, if we say capital markets, uh, we face uh, the understanding of efficiency. 
issue. What I mean by that is uh, sometimes we're so much focused on efficiency, we make things too complicated. Let's say, uh, you know, just because a certain customers uh, don't pay the commission or fees doesn't mean that that is more, that is an innovation. Doesn't mean that that is a better system. Uh, we got to understand and probably got to have some consensus. What kind of capital market efficiency uh, we're aiming for? And essentially, uh, you know, capital market efficiency got to be really about, uh, from my perspective, is it's got to be a, a transparency and fairness and how we can achieve that transparency and fairness and, uh, and really for the benefits of the key market participants, buyers and sellers of securities in capital markets. Technology developed very fast. And because of that, uh, you know, sometimes uh, things are more complicated and we lose this transparency and fairness issue uh, you know, easily. Or uh, our uh, measurements of uh, uh, transparency and fairness and, and the tools for them probably should evolve along with the, this technology development in a timely manner. Now, having said that, uh, Finhaven is really focused on that issue transparency and fairness and making things as simple as possible for capital markets. So that is the, the challenge that I perceive in capital markets for the coming years. And that is the issue that we try to address. And we want to really focus on the wonder of simplicity so that we can reduce the risk profile in capital markets and make deliver the fairness to all the market participants as efficiently as possible. That's great, DH. No, thanks for thanks for that too. And I think there's a, a lot to look out for in the uh, in the capital market space on on these issues. So, um, I just want to say thank you for your time today. It was uh, great to touch base with you and uh, and hear a bit more about Finhaven and giving us your time today. So, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Martin, for having me today. I enjoyed the interview. Great, great. And for all of the listeners, please, uh, please do feel free to subscribe to uh, upcoming CRTA podcasts, as well as visiting the website to, to learn more about the CRTA and, and uh, the many events uh, the association offers. Thanks, and we'll, we'll see you next time.